Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rockhouse Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it proudly. Merry Christmas. Amen. It's not a holiday unless you make it that. Christmas is all about Christ. Let me say that again. Christmas is all about Christ. There are many reasons for the season that people try to make it out to be what it's not. But I stand here today to tell you that Christmas, again, and will always be all about Jesus Christ. God is so good. We're here living, breathing, and when we're not, we're going to cross the Jordan. We're going to enter a new body. There's going to be peace. It's going to be joy, but we can have it here on earth too if we make our life all about Christ. So this morning, you know as well as I do, there's many families in our community hurting. Our prayers go out to the Lewis family, to the Cottle family. I, I thank so much of them, and my heart's heavy for them. But I know that God has gifted that family for their loved ones to be in a better place. And it's the truth. When I was talking with Mr. Lewis yesterday, Brent, that is, and just to know that he had this peace in his heart that his wife was in a better place, and it hurts us so bad. And I think about all the hurts that we have in our community. But this morning, we have a reason to stand. We have a reason to sing. This is going to be a joyful message, I promise you, because there was a Savior born in the city of David 2,000-plus years ago that offered salvation. And like the, law, like the last song said, <laughs> go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. That's our job as Christians this morning. Now, Mac, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got a vote to win. I'm not going to tell how old you are. I think you're 25 and holding, okay? You look great to me, brother. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's nobody in here over 25 unless you're under it, okay? The truth will come after about 1 o'clock today. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. But I want to clear up some stuff about Christmas this morning because I'll be honest with you, I think the reason people are lost is because they're confused. They're confused about who Jesus truly is. They don't know the importance of the presence of Him in their lives. Amen? I mean, how would you be lost... If you felt the love of Christ, you can't run from that. You run maybe from being scared of that and what that brings. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're lost here this morning or if you're at home and you're, you're lost, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's a love and a peace that you'll never, ever, ever get from anything else. I love my two girls and my wife as about as much as anybody or anything that I can love. But I know this. Without Jesus Christ, I have nothing. I have none of that. I know that Jesus gave me a gift on August 25th, two years ago, 
that Stacy and I couldn't do ourselves. Amen? <laughs> Two little girls. That's a gift from above. James talks about it in his writings. But this morning I do want to talk to you about who Christ is. Who Jesus Christ truly is. And as we begin to walk through our scripture this morning, there's five things I want you to hold on to. And I know five is a lot. Stacy knows I can't get past number one. But here, I want you to know that this morning, these are five important questions that had to be answered, and it had to be answered in a certain way. Number one was, as we look at Luke chapter 2 in just a moment, yes, we strayed off our five-day reading course, but what better day to do it than Christmas, right? But the first question would be is, who brought the message? We're going to be looking at verses 8 through 14 when the shepherds were in the fields. You've heard this a million times. But I want you to know that it's important at who brought the message. The second question you'll hear this morning is, how was the message brought? The third thing we're going to talk about was, what was the message? Which is probably the most important thing you're going to hear this morning. The fourth thing was, who is the message to? You better be thankful for number four because it's for all of us. The Bible says in a minute you're going to see that it came to a shepherd, but the angel said it was for all people. Amen? That's you and me. That's the Gentiles. <laughs> That's God's chosen people. That's God's people he adopted through his blood. That's us. Last question is the importance of the message. I'm going to back up. I said number three may be the most important but number five is probably the main important one. So again, this morning, we're going to talk about who Christ is. So if you have your Bibles with me, and I hope that you have something you can look at, we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14 this morning. That's Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. We're going to read our verses, then we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. So here we go. Verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I could only imagine. But the angel said to them, Do not or don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy, that will be for all people, or all the people. Verse 11, today a Savior, amen, who is Messiah, some scriptures say the Christ, the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly cloth or swaddled, lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to his people or to the people he favors. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the ultimate gift that is which you sent your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, let us not leave here today not knowing what Christmas is truly all about. Father, it's about one and only one thing, Jesus Christ. Father, that you would send your son so he could be sacrificed on the cross, as Brother Dan said this morning, once and for all, 
that his blood that was shed would cover everybody that believeth in him, Father. And it all started in a manger. Oh, Lord, I'm so thankful of the story from the manger to the cross and what it means to me and all Christians and all mankind. It's in Jesus' most precious name we pray. Everybody said amen. There you go. It's my girls back there again. I love it. First and only point this morning, because I think we only need one for Christmas, is Christmas is all about Jesus. I've said it a bunch this morning, but as I was praying this week and looking over quotes and trying to find what I feel like the Lord would want me to say, I stand before you to tell you something that you already know, but I hope you believe it deep down in your soul and in your heart, and that's Christmas is all about Jesus. Now let me give you a little hint. If Christmas is all about Jesus... What is Jesus all about? you got to know that before you know the meaning of Christmas, right? Jesus is all about saving you. Amen? Amen. He's all about saving you. He's all about changing your life for the better. He's all about a brand new beginning. I don't know about you, but I'm going to raise my hand and praise His name that He gave me a brand new start. That He didn't let me finish going down the road that I ran for 25 years of my life. Amen? He's about loving the lost and giving hope. I'm going to piggyback off that for a moment. Loving the lost and giving hope. The last two days, Rock House Baptist Church, you know what, I don't even want to talk about Rock House Baptist Church. I want to talk about the body of Christ for a moment. I believe the believers here, under this roof at this moment, and others who are praying for the lost, truly met the needs of the lost and give hope the last few days. Wouldn't you say, Brother Dan, <laughs> when you show up on somebody's porch with a 12-pound turkey or 10, and my little old arm was like this, Greg, I was barely holding it up, I was killed, in a bag of food, and they look at you and they say, what's that for? Hmm. It's because Jesus Christ loves you. That's why I'm here. Can I tell you a little bit about him, right? I never pictured this or even prayed this, that it, a year ago from about today, <laughs> my mother wasn't voting me for dog catcher. Today she's going to get a vote for me for pastor. That's the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. <laughs> oh, boy. If you want a testimony, you want to know how good Jesus Christ is, you go straight to Kathy Hubbard, and you just ask her, and I promise she'll tell you exactly the love of Jesus Christ and what it's all about. Let me ask you this morning, do you really, really deep down believe that Jesus and Christmas are the main points of Christmas? Let me ask you. <laughs> Boy, this was hard on me when I studied. Have you spent more time shopping or praying this holiday season? Talking about myself, not nobody out in the crowd, I promise. <laughs> Have you worried about getting people the perfect gift? And I mean material gift. More than you've worried about telling them about the greatest gift of all time. Folks, you can buy them whatever you want, but there's something that can't be bought. That's our salvation and what was done for us at Calvary. I love that song. I heard it, I listened to it this morning, Brother John, if you're hearing me this morning. At Calvary. Where your mercy and your grace was free, <laughs> my pardon 
was forgiven. Through the text this morning, though, I want to really point out for you what Jesus Christ really is this morning. And our first question that we looked at there a while ago was, who was the message in our text to? In verse 8, verse 9, and verse 10, who did they show up to? The angel didn't show up to the Almighty King, did they? Showed up to the shepherds. What does that mean for you and me this morning? Well, let me give you a little clue about what a shepherd was in that day. They were the lowest of the low. They were considered untrustworthy, not really knowledgeable. <laughs> let me remind you that the greatest earthly king, King David, what was he when he started? A shepherd. Jesus considered himself the good shepherd. If you were to look a little further into Scripture, Jesus would probably consider himself an outcast to the Pharisees and the religious folks of his day. John chapter 10, verses 11, 14, and 15, Jesus says this about being the good shepherd. Now this is the gift of Christmas that you get. I know I'm bouncing from Scripture to Scripture, but I'm trying to show you who Jesus is and what He's done for you this morning. Verse 11, He says, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down His life for the sheep. Who's the sheep? Amen. i raise your hand this morning. That's you and me. Verse 14, He says it again. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own sheep. And they know me. As the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Amen. Since Jesus is the good shepherd of us, we are to be conformed to the image of Christ. And that sounds a little bit like you and me. If we know His voice, are we going to follow it the way we're supposed to? Do you remember what He asked Peter? Peter, do you love me? What was his reply? I love you. You know I do. <laughs> but he had to ask again. Because Peter wasn't quite getting it. But Peter, do you love me? Oh, yes. Forsake all. I'll follow you. <laughs> Feed my sheep. Go to my people. Shepherd my people. Tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. I love the song, Casting Crowns. I think Al had a little hat that said, Nobody. Remember that hat, Al? Still got it. Yep, still got it. And I think about what the song, Nobody, really means. The, the lyrics go like this, and it's so true. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Amen? That's you and me. <laughs> Brother Kyle Chris says, they ain't nobody going to know you or love you when they put you down hardly but your kids. That's what he told me the other day. I said, that's a good way to vote for a pastor right there. I'm just kidding, Kyle. But you know what? You better disciple your home. Kyle had a good point that's very biblical. You must disciple your home. If you miss the home and you tell the world about Jesus, you've missed the point of showing Jesus. Amen? Starting a home, people will know that you love Jesus by looking at your children. I look at Mike Napier all the time. I knew Mike <laughs> was a Jesus man when all three of his kids were Christ lovers and fears. Amen? I knew that. 
He planted that seed. We may have strayed from it, but we'll come back to it. Verse 10 says this, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. Look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. You see in verse uh, 8 and 10 here, we see the answer to our questions. The message was brought to the shepherds, the lowliest of low. Jesus was born in a manger, not in the height. <laughs> and it was to all the people. That's you and me. And I had to pull a piece of scripture from 1 Peter this morning because that was our readings this week. And I didn't want to leave our readings out. But I thought it was a perfect example of how God sees his children. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful this morning that I am a child of God. If you could take everything away from me, so be it. But don't take me away from Jesus. And here in a minute, we're going to find out that we actually can't be. But here's what 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9, Jesus says, or I'm sorry, Peter says about us being children of Christ. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. I think about as Jesus was being born and we sung the song of, uh, and I'm terrible with music, but uh, the star of Bethlehem, right? What was the star really? It was a light that they followed <laughs> to the heavenly light. Amen? I thank God this morning for His great love and His mercy that He would call me into His marvelous light through His Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 9, I'm backing up a little bit. The angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. This answers another one of our questions this morning. Who made the announcement? Let's be honest. Let me tell you how important it is that an angel made the announcement. Because if a shepherd runs and tells about it without the angel telling them, nobody's going to believe. If somebody gets on the news and they're not of statue, and they say something, this is going to work, whatever this is, you're not going to believe them. They have to have a title to it, right? They have to have a, a set of credentials. Well, here this morning, these shepherds actually seen a visible manifestation of God. I mean, I can just imagine. I try to put myself in their shoes, and here comes this angel. And I don't know exactly what the angel would look like. But the Bible says, suddenly, after that, there was a multitude of angels. How many people like Christmas lights in here, right? They give out every address in Laurel County for you to drive to their house to see the Christmas lights. I said, that's not a bad way to, to get tracked down who's got the money in town, right? I couldn't figure that out. Listen, that's why I don't hang none up, I guess, huh? Just kidding. I ain't got no money. <laughs> Tell them, Mac, ain't paying me much. Out of it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding this morning. But I thought about how the greatest light show on earth, right, was right here in front of these shepherds, and Jesus was making his grand entrance into the world. <laughs> I don't know about you, but we should be excited that God loved us enough that we didn't have to come back to this altar, and we preached about that a couple weeks ago over and over, but that he would send his only son once and for all. I hope you hear that at home this morning. I'm looking at the camera. Once and for all that you could be forgiven. 
I know Steve Sizemore would have gave me an amen. Once and for all. Now, as I was studying this week, when I come across the word suddenly, if you, if you read the Bible any and you study on little nuggets that us preachers try to learn and study on sometimes, you'll come across certain words as you say, hmm, I've seen that before somewhere, and I've seen that before somewhere. But when I come across the word suddenly, I ain't going to lie, I kind of Googled it. How many times is suddenly? And I come up with some, some pretty good scripture here, okay? If anybody doesn't use Google or Charles Spurgeon, they're lying to you, okay? If they're a pastor, they use it, all right? But in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, Malachi predicts the sudden coming of the Lord to his temple. In Acts chapter 2, verse 2, we know before the Pentecost came, it says, Suddenly the Holy Spirit filled the whole house where they were staying. Acts chapter 9, verse 3, Suddenly a light flashed and knocked Paul off his horse. I don't know about you, but can anybody testify <laughs> this morning for when God suddenly intervened in your life? Amen. Lord, I can go into details. I can go into details of me being in a pit and in a place I shouldn't have been and suddenly give me a way out. Amen. Gosh almighty. Praise the Lord. Thank you this morning. Verse 11, though, brings the most important point for you and I this morning. We're going to spend some time here. And I want you to think about this for the next five minutes or so. Think about what verse 11 truly means to you and I. It says, Today a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. Here's the message this morning. You have a Savior. That's the bottom line. From Al to Kyle to the girls and Riley back there, back up here to Greg, this whole room is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and can be covered. You can be covered this morning. I don't want you to miss how important that is that Jesus Christ was born in a manger to be your Savior, to forgive you of your sins this morning. When I thought about my little journey here, and this isn't about me, but I get, I, I get the stage, so I get to talk about me some. There's a song, and somebody have to help me. When they tell of my story, I hope they tell of him. Amen? When they lay me down, whenever that be, I hope they tell of him. Whoever it is, I hope everyone of y'all get up and say, he was a follower of Christ. That's all I've got to say. Amen? That's all I want said. It said he loved people. Because he knew his Lord and Savior. Whew, praise the Lord this morning. Here's the scary part about all that, though. If you play the ignoring game, kind of like Isla did this morning, I said, Isla, pick those up. She went. Even better, I put it in her hand. I put it in her hand. I said, sit it on the table. She went. And I bet she stood there, Brad, for another 30 seconds. And I had a spatula in my hand. And I said, I am going to hit you with this thing if you don't. Put it up there, you know, real quick. Just pushing your limits. You laugh, and I laugh. But how many times have we done Jesus that way? Huh. You sure, Lord? 
tugging on my heart, me back here holding this pew. I'm supposed to come up here and pray for somebody. I'll put that off. I don't want anybody to see me extending myself. Lord, you, you're calling me there. You're calling me to do that. You're calling me to fight a battle that I don't even have to fight. You mean I have to sit in these business meetings and hear people complain? <laughs> All for the glory of Christ. We need to remove ourselves. Hear me this morning. Remove ourselves because Christ died for you. Amen? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about what happened on Christmas morning 2,000 plus years ago. You were sent a Savior. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. <laughs> this is why you're sitting here this morning. This is exactly why you're sitting where you are and where you're at online. It says, For you know that you are redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from the fathers. This was not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. I hope you hear that this morning, that you're redeemed by one thing and one thing only, and that is with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If this is my last one, my ride off into the sunset, let me tell you this, you're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon once said, if you really knew how great a thing sin is, remember what it cost Christ to be its forgiver. Hmm. When you go to, to sin, knowingly, remember what it cost Jesus to hang on that cross. Remember what your sin done to Him. And He didn't have one regret about it. He took it like a savior, not like a man or a woman, because we would have broke. He took it like a savior for all mankind. When the verse says Messiah, it means anointed one. Jesus Christ was the anointed one in the beginning. He was with God. Now I wanted to clear up what Christmas really was about this morning. And I hope that you don't think I'm telling you to take all your stuff back to layaway. Because I'm not. I'm not saying that. But what I'm trying to say is that Jesus is the Most High, the Son of the Most High God, of the one and only God. Scripture makes it clear who Jesus is. And it's important to us because we want to spend eternity in heaven. Amen? We want to walk in a relationship with Jesus Christ right here today. You know, when you're saved, you're not just forgiven. Oh, that's a huge part, right? I want to walk in the forgiveness and in the newness of life. Dan likes to quote 1 John, and I can't remember the verse, but when you walk in the light, the verse says that you will be cleansed from all sins because you're walking with Jesus, right, Dan? That's, that's a, in the ballpark there, in the blood of Jesus. How did I forget that this morning? There you go. Thank you, Dan. He'll purify you from all sins. That's a bad way to try to win a vote, trying to quote scriptures, not on your iPad. But he says here, write it on my heart. Amen. It's not on, my, not on a, a tablet anymore. It's on my heart. There's love in here. When you're saved, you're forgiven. But you're given a heavenly father. 
Some people grow up without an earthly father, an earthly mother. But there's a heavenly father waiting for you, calling you home. And I don't mean calling you home to leave this earth at this moment, but for your soul to find peace. John chapter 8, verses 18 and 19. This is who Jesus is. He says, I am the one who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. <laughs> then they asked him, Where is your Father? You know neither me nor my Father, Jesus answered. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. You see, here's the beautiful thing about the Trinity. <laughs> The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, guess what? They're all one. They're all one. You don't have to be forgiven in multiple ways, by multiple people, by multiple things. There's the one and only. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. John chapter 10, verses 28 through 30 also says this, and we'll begin to kind of close it up here in a moment. John writes, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hands. The Father and I are one. There's power in the verses. And there's power in the blood. My Father is greater than all. And He and I are one. Those same words when Jesus spoke them 2,000 plus years ago. They're still true today. We are one with Jesus. We are one with the Father. And I love how and I had to end with this. This is actually my own little nugget I threw in here. He said there was a sign he told the shepherds that you will find the baby wrapped in a snuggling cloth lying in a feeding trough. And I noticed that when they ran to the tomb that day, there was probably also a sign there. What was in the tomb? It was a folded up cloth. And the way it was folded signified that Jesus had what? He'd risen. He had coming back. Just like if you're eating dinner at a table and you, if you're real adequate or whatever the word is, you fold your cloth a certain way and they don't pick it up. Jesus, the sign, came in a cloth <laughs> and he left the cloth to tell that he's coming back. I don't know about you, but Jesus is alive and well this morning. Amen? He's not a mythical, come on, he's not a mythical thing. He's alive and well. I felt him this morning when I went to throw my arms around Al up here and love on Al, and I looked over and my hair was standing on my arms. Lord, come. Lord, move. Amen. So to answer your questions this morning, if you're a good student of the sermon this morning, you probably had your pencil and paper out writing these down, I'm sure. It's okay if you didn't. I still love you. Pastor's always going to love you. Who brought the message? An angel. How did they bring it? In a multitude. Christ came through a manifestation of God to these shepherds. What was the message? Jesus Christ, the Savior, is here. Who was the message to? Well, shepherds, but really it was to all people. All mankind. He died once and for all. 
the importance of the message, you and I can be redeemed. We can be redeemed. Folks, the goal that we should have, I'm going to tell you the goal you have. This is the pastor's commands because it's Jesus' commands. Go tell it on the mountain. You have the gift of eternal life. Don't withhold it from anybody. If they deny you, tell them, Brad, they deny Jesus. They don't, they, they're not talking about you. They're talking about Jesus. You know why they say happy holidays? Because <laughs> they don't want to talk about Jesus. Because he offends some. Why does he offend them? I'll be honest with you. They know the truth. They know he's real. <laughs> That's why they don't want his name said. They know what he means. Even those who don't believe he's God believe there is a God. Which tells me they really believe <laughs> that Jesus is real. He's alive and well. Amen. Thank you, Lord, this morning. And I thought about asking different folks to come up this morning and give their testimony, but then it hit me. Well, we'll do a cardboard testimony. So powerful. When you get up here, you don't have to say a word, but you hold your sign, and on one sign it says, A sin lover. Porn addict. Used to drink heavy. <laughs> Used to be lost. Used to set the back seat on fire. And I don't mean the pew. And then you flip it over and it says, Saved. Redeemed. Given a new addiction. Given the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Gosh. Look around. I'll close with this. Look at who sat beside of you this morning. Who you rode with. Now I want to tell you that Christmas is all about Jesus. But look beside of you. You don't know if they'll be here tomorrow. You don't know if they'll be here in 10 minutes. Make Christmas about them. Make Christmas about your family. Not about a gift. I don't care if I get anything. God's given me everything. Amen. Make it about Jesus and the person sitting next to you. Let's pray. Father, I give you my all today. Lord, I pray that every member of this church gives you their all. That there's nothing left when you call them home. That they can say, I ran the race. I fought the fight. And I finished with endurance and preservation, Lord. That you would be known. Father, when they talk about each and every individual in here, Father, I know what they're going to say about Teresa Napier. I know what they're going to say about Mac Bentley. <laughs> I know what they're going to say about everybody in this building. Father, but if there's somebody who don't know you and is missing the important message of what Christmas is truly about, Holidays are about money, about shopping, about all the things that don't really mean nothing. Here today and gone tomorrow. 
But Father, I'm so thankful that you are the same God of yesterday. You're the same God today. And you're the same God tomorrow. The same God forever. The one who casts my sins as far as from the east is to the west. Lord, I love you. <laughs> Father, I know my purpose in life, no matter where it's at, is to glorify you. Lord, continue to bless us. Not bless us for material reasons or for reasons to be happy. But Father, bless us so that we can do your will. God, that we can glorify you. So I can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not by a man telling me that, but by my heavenly Father. Throwing his arms around me when I get there. Throwing his arms around me right here. Saying, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. Nobody can change that because of what I did on Calvary for you. If you would just believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's the reason for the season, that he come to be born in a manger to be the heavenly Savior on the cross. Father, I love you. I wish I could keep everybody here today and pray for each and every one of them. Laying hands on them, asking for healing, for peace. But Father, there's only one that can do that, and that's you. May they turn their life to you, Father. If there's somebody on their heart that they know is lost, May they extend their love, Lord. We thank you so much. It's in Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church. Or you can go to our website, rockhousebaptist.org. Thank you for listening.